um, if you haven't already and you have uh, a child or children that are going to go to junior camp, um, if you are able to, we are sending our registrations ahead with Sister Schoonover this evening to take to a summer conference with her. So make sure you connect with her. Uh, she also has an announcement that she's going to make. God bless you. You may be seated. The reason, in case you don't already know, they're giving a, a break for early registration at summer conference. I think it's $50 off registration. Pardon? Oh, it's $25? Oh, well, I'm dealing. If you, you want me to pay the other 25 I will to get your kid there. I will pay the whole registration to get your child there if anybody needs help. I'm just, like, making that known because I, I said it, and now it's done. <laughs> I guess I will specify that is for junior camp. So we're really excited about the upcoming Life Church United picnic. All uh, three congregations will be meeting August 3rd. There's a flyer on the, on the bulletin board out in the foyer. And it's August 3rd, the first Saturday of August. It's up in Sancadia, like it was last year. If you do not make it, it's a great park. There's paved trails for the children. There's baseball, volleyball, tennis, you name it. And it's an awesome time. It is a potluck. We're asking you to bring a couple dishes, uh, enough to feed your family and then some guests. So just wanted to make you aware of that. It's a little bit of a late announcement. Um, they give priority on those reservations to people that actually own property at Sancadia because it's such an awesome place. So you'll want to be there. God bless all of you. Amen. One other thing, we have our uh, Vacation Bible School next week. If you need more information about that, you can see the Charles. There's also the sign-up sheet out there. If you hadn't had a chance to sign up for helping supply what we need, or if you, like me, signed up and forgot, that's a reminder for you. Why don't we all stand together? And... We're going to have a time of prayer here. I encourage you to get in the flow of the Spirit because I know that the Lord is here and I believe He's going to do mighty things. Let's just take some time and get alone with Him. Lord Jesus, God, we're thankful for this day. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done for us, God. You've made a way and provided for us, Lord Jesus. You are good to us, Lord God. We thank you. We give you praise, Jesus. There is none like you, Lord God. There is none beside you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of all praise, God. Lord, it's through you that the worlds were made, Jesus. All that we have and all that we see, Lord, it comes from you, Jesus. We acknowledge you as the king of all kings. Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Jesus, we worship you. You alone are worthy, Lord. You alone are worthy, Lord Jesus. God, let your name be praised. Let your name be made hallowed, Lord. Jesus, you are excellent. 
Jesus, I pray you would speak into my heart tonight. I pray that you would speak into my mind, Lord God. I need to hear from you. Jesus, my desire is to fellowship with you, to be drawn closer to you and made more like you, Jesus. Lord, we turn our minds and our attention towards you. Let our ears be in tune with you, God. Let our ears be inclined towards your word, towards your spirit. God, we want your word to abide in us, to dwell in us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for being all that we need. You are the fullness, Lord. You are all in all, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Why don't somebody just raise your hands to the Lord and worship him a little bit. Jesus, we exalt you. Jesus, we give you praise. Lord, we lift up hands to you in worship and in praise and surrender to you, Lord. We say yes to your will tonight, Lord. We say yes to your will tonight, Lord Jesus. Whatever it is that you want to say, Lord. Whatever it is you want to speak, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. I'd, I'd like to hear from Brother Hart here for, for a couple minutes. Would you come? You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. The, uh, you ever met somebody or not met, have someone you know that, they don't necessarily have to say anything. They'll just be around, and then being around makes a difference. You ever had that? We don't often uh, we don't often talk about this attribute of the Lord, or it doesn't seem like we often do. Uh, it's a primary characteristic. He is the I am. He is the I am. You know, when Moses, of course, stood at the burning bush. And he had all these questions of the Lord. You're going to go back to the place where you fled from because I'm sending you there. And uh, he was wanting to have some authority behind him. He said, well, who do I say sent me? Because they rejected me once. Even the Israelites are telling me, who do I say sent me? The Lord said, I am. Just tell him I am that I am. And, you know, he is. He's not the I was or the I will be. He is the I am. He is the ever-present God. He is the ever-present God. I'm thankful for that. You know, you read the book of John. John knew him that way. John picked up on some language that none of the other writers seemed to pick up on. It ministered to John. Of course, we find more of the oneness of God in John than any other gospel. 
And John felt the necessity to declare those things. And John picked up that he said, I am the bread of life. John's the one who penned the words. Before Abraham was, I am. He made sure we got those words in there. He is the I am. I'm thankful for that tonight, aren't you? Sometimes, sometimes we can have those that are present and they don't have to say anything. I was privileged. My older sister surprised me and showed up last weekend or weekend somewhere along the way. We were expecting my nephew to come in to go out with my boys. And to my surprise, when we met him at the airport, she was a few people behind him and popped around the corner. And um, she didn't have to say anything. She really didn't have to say anything. Just being present. You know, sometimes I think the Lord just wants to be present with us. Amen. I feel him here tonight. I'm thankful that he is I am, aren't you? Amen. That's probably more than two minutes. Thank you. Elder Hart has communion with God. A man or a woman that has communion with God has a living spiritual expression. Praise God. And you just observe that. I'd like for us to, uh, to read tonight in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. This, uh, this chapter deals, let's pray one more time. Could we do this? Let's pray, yielding to the Holy Ghost. Let your quickening prevail here tonight, Lord. Your quick word, a revealed word, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We wait upon you, Father. Without you, we can do nothing. We are empty and undone, Father. But you are life itself in the name of Jesus. Let your indwelling spirit be manifest and prevail in the house. In the name of Jesus, you are truth, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We talk from time to time about the operation of spiritual gifting. This should be operative within the born again. Well, I, maybe I shouldn't qualify that. But within the body of Christ, where his indwelling spirit lives, makes his home and an abode in us. Now, I do I find it interesting from time to time. You'll find somebody leading a service, and they're trying to get God to come into the place. And I'm thinking, oh, now think about what you're saying there. 
the room's filled with believers, and they have the Holy Ghost indwelling in them. And so God and his manifested presence and power is here among us. You don't have to conjure him. You don't have to call him and say, look, we want you to come and please be humble. You know, be here with us. The presence of God is here where you are. He is. He am. <laughs> However you want to say it. But the, the manifestation of spiritual gifting is and should be operative where believers are who are in communion. It is, it is simply the manifestation of his spirit through giftings, which Paul writes about in this chapter. Now, let's go ahead and read here. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. We don't receive additional spirits to operate gifts. There are giftings of, of diversity uh, by one spirit. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is obviously the spirit. But again, I'm going to say this. It is communing with him. Now, you might want to use the word fellowship. You fellowship the Lord. You commune with the Lord in prayer, in his word, in praise, we commune with God. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to add to that. And you could probably add other things. But I find that interacting with other believers, we can commune with God. I may leave the house empty, depressed, unsure of things, and go to a coffee house and sit down with a fellow believer and begin to talk and commune with them, and something transpires. And we leave edified because we've not just communed with a friend, we have communed with God and his indwelling presence through the interaction. There's an individual that will call me once in a while and uh, he'll always have some question or something and that I'm not thinking about, but we'll start talking about it. And before I know it, I feel like I'm in the heavenlies. And I'll get off the phone thinking, wow, that was awesome. And it came through the interaction. Okay, now. Let's go to verse 5. There, were, there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. 
For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit, Dividing to every man severally as he wills. So. It's clear that God has given into the church. For purpose, his divine purpose, his will. Giftings that, again, should be, and I will say are, operative in the body of Christ to profit with all. In other words, to, for the edification of the body, to profit everybody. Not to profit the person who is being used in the gift. Okay, now... I want to go back a couple of verses. I don't remember which one. Can you go backwards in that thing? Go back. Keep going. Oh, that was it. Okay. For one to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. I'd like to talk uh, tonight about this particular gift. Being operative within the body. A word of knowledge. If I asked, uh, well, would you like to tell me your definition? What does it mean? The word, a word of knowledge. What does that mean to you? In, in searching and researching, I found there's a lot of opinions on what, what a word of knowledge is. I have my own opinion. Would you like to share your opinion? Anybody? Is that a yes or no? Elder Hart? No, I just, I just, to me, I think it's just knowledge that the Lord gives for a situation. And so when you speak the word, it's his knowledge that's flowing through the vessel. And so you may not even know all the that's going on or all the circumstances or situation, but he gives a word that is his knowledge of the situation allows you to speak those things. And and I would add to this that. I think in uh, oftentimes it is something to be shared and not just held. All right, and I want to talk about that just a little bit. Obviously, a word of knowledge does not come from something that you already know. Matter of fact, sometimes what we already know will conflict. Or we try to shape that word of knowledge from God, which is genuine, by the information that we already have. 
which of course would taint anything that, you know, maybe God would be trying to do. Um, I'm going to share a couple of experiences, two in particular. But in these situations, the word of knowledge that was given was, it wasn't about me, it was about somebody else. And it was about their future. And I wasn't seeking for it. I wasn't praying for it. I wasn't looking for an answer for somebody. But here's the kind of questions that I ask. Number one, why me? Is it a random thing that, you know, God just kind of does a lottery and, well, let me give it to this guy. Or is there divine purpose and selection why God would give to an individual a word of knowledge for a situation uh, attached to somebody else? I mean, isn't that kind of getting nosy, getting into other people's business? Well, not really. But again, so I would ask the question, there has to be a reason. And from my own experience, there's been situations where I didn't know the reason. I asked the question. Now, some of this is going to be repetition for some of you because you've heard me talk about this. But because of things that have transpired now over time, I can go back to that original word. I would have to say that even though I've been a believer for a lot of years now, I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 22. I've been in the ministry now for a long time. There's times when I have to say, I think the Lord told me. But I wasn't so sure if I was willing to speak it publicly, and become hung by my tongue. Because here's the first, here's what we ask. So what if it doesn't happen? I think I'll hold that to myself and wait and see. No, there is, there is a divine purpose and a reason. Now, I, I'm not going to try to say that every situation is the same by any means. But I want to share a couple of these situations with you, and then you'll see why. One of the situations was just a few years back, and, well, maybe it's been 10 years now. I don't know. Time goes by faster now. And uh, Elder Hart and I were on the phone. I was in Puyallup. I was living in Puyallup. And he was over here in the valley. And while we were talking, uh, don't even remember what the conversation was about. I stopped mid-sentence or something like that and said, the Holy Ghost just spoke to me. And what I, you know, I, I just said it that way because I knew that the Holy Ghost had quickened me, but I didn't know, is this a word of knowledge? Is this, you know, and now when I look back, I believe it was simply a word of knowledge. It was God also revealing something. So a word of knowledge can be revelation. Him revealing something I wasn't aware of. I didn't know about. All right. And so 
the word of knowledge was that Brother Curtis Johnstone was to come to Yakima. Now, here's where I get in trouble. Now, he, he was in Oregon. He was pastoring a church in a little town in Oregon. And I'm aware of something. I know Brother Leslie's looking for somebody to take the church in Yakima. He's already been through two guys, and it hasn't panned out, either one. And so now the Holy Ghost has told me, revealed to me, Curtis Johnstone is to come to Yakima. And I, and I told him, I said, I, I, I got to get off the phone. I felt like I, I should call uh, his son Nick and talk with him about it. And I didn't know what to do. The next day, I was getting on the plane to go to Columbus, Ohio, to a general conference. And I did. And while I was walking across the street there in Columbus over to the Coliseum, there was Curtis Johnstone on the other curb getting ready to come across. So I said, hey, I need to talk to you. And so this is how I communicated it. I felt like the Lord said something to me the other day, and I've already shared it with somebody. So I need to tell you. And so I told him what I felt like the Lord told me, that he was, he was supposed to come to Yakima. And this is what he says to me. I was on the conference floor last night after this inspiration. And he said, I was praying, and the Lord told me I am to go to Yakima. And this is how I responded to the Lord. I need a voice of affirmation. And you're the voice. So I'm thinking I'm maybe going to get myself into trouble here. I'm stepping out on a limb because I think the Holy Ghost told me, right? And I'm about to tell a guy who lives in another state, he's got involvements and a whole life to live there. And I'm going to step out on a limb because I think God spoke to me. That's the way, that's the way it was. And so from there, again, there's information I already know, so I'm kind of trying to, I'm putting two and two together. I called Brother Leslie. I said, I'm just going to give you a name. I'm not going to say anything more. I'm just going to give you a name and a telephone number. So I gave him the name, and he, he called him, and he asked him to come, and he ministered there, and they visited for a weekend. But within about three or four days, they decided this is not a fit. Yet, Brother Johnstone knew the Lord was directing him to come to Yakima. Now, now I want to talk about the dynamics of this for a minute. So, you're there in, what was the town there from? Do you remember? Monroe, Oregon, very small community, like 500 people, maybe 400. Anyway, they're in a small little town. He's uh, very invested and involved, and they've built a building, and they have a, a ministry there. And, and so now he has stepped out, and he's made that journey to where he believes God spoke to him on the conference floor to come to Yakima. But yet the situation that he comes to doesn't work. It doesn't fit. So now what do you do? Oh, man, I, I, that was in my head. I must not have heard anything. That must, that's crazy. Unless there's been a voice of affirmation. 
Now, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to impact you with. The importance of your place of participation. Had I not participated, he could have very well questioned everything that had transpired, got in his car, turned around and went back to Oregon and never pursued what was and is the will of God. Okay? So again, it's to profit with all. Who's with all? With all was, was the family. With all was the congregations that he would leave there. With all were the people that he would reach out to here. With all are all parties involved. Because somebody who is a member in the body has been placed by God in a certain location. And given a certain venue and avenue to reach individuals. Okay? It's a lot easier now to look back and say, wow, okay, that was God. I wasn't stepping out on a limb. All right? Now, no individual would ever want to become careless. Because it involves the lives of individuals. All right. What's interesting is, is I checked myself with a few people. Elder Hart. Brother Johnstone at the time. My wife. I value. The response of my wife. Because we are one. More than physically, but spiritually. To the place that if I'm communicating something that's not ringing true with her. She's going to open her mouth. And if what she says is in conflict with what I've been feeling or thinking. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it more time. Now I may not just give up on it. But I'm going to give it enough time to know. Either God will give her a spirit of witness in the situation. Then I can move forward. All right. But none of those things were there in this particular situation. Okay. I want to share another situation with you. Are you okay with this? I am visiting the congregation in Kent, and Sister Michelle Castellanos comes up behind me as I'm walking out of the building to the car and says, did you know that Randy was speaking in SeaTac today? And something registered in my spirit. Now, when I say that, I want to try to explain that. There was something quickened that registered that I recognized was more than words that were being spoken. It was in that moment. I'm going to tell you how much the Lord was revealing. God was revealing to me 
that he was going to invite him to come and be the pastor there in SeaTech. Okay, that's, that's what I was getting in that exchange that fast. And I turned, and first I said, what? Because of what I was feeling, and she said it again. And I said, there is, I wanted to say a lot more, but all I could say was there's, there's more to this than just an invitation to come and speak. I'm telling you, there, there is more to this. And I felt like I, I had to stop short, well, maybe because... Maybe because some things are so significant that you know it's going to alter people's lives. You want to be sure on what you're, you have peace to say, no matter how much you've been told. Okay? Now, I want to give you the scenario of all of this, if I can. Brother Mike and Gina Laksamana were desiring to go back and minister in the Philippines. Okay. And so they have invited me into the situation to help them in the scenario with the Kent congregation. So what we had agreed was is okay. So for the time being, even though Randy and Michelle are not, uh, their burden is not for Kent, but it's for Seattle, which is where they had been for two years that they would facilitate as congregational elders there to release my uh, brother and sister Laksamana, Mike and Gina Laksamana, elders, to go to the Philippines. Well, okay, so Randy and Michelle were now agreeable. But everybody knows your burden is not here, but you're willing to participate and cooperate to help this go forward. Well, Bishop Wright visits. Well, I asked him to come. But I think it was probably the first time I asked him to come as my bishop. Okay? I may have seen him in that avenue for a long time, but I was verbalizing now, and I was asking to to come, and he did. In the process of that, when I shared with him about the Laksamanas wanting to go to the Philippines. Uh, I said, what, what did you feel about all that? He said, Miko and Tara. I said, Miko and Tara what? Miko and Tara. Is congregational elders? Miko and Tara. No, 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 no. That can't be. You don't understand. Miko's not interested in the ministry. He's told his father if he keeps talking to him about it, he's going to stop talking to him. I mean, he is serious about this. Now, now maybe down the road, but you know what he said? Miko and Tara. Oh, I can't hardly believe that. <laughs> and so, that's something that we hold to ourselves for about eight months. Except that along the road... Randy and Michelle are asked to come and minister again at SeaTac. Now, this is what they tell me when I go to sit down with them to share with them what Bishop Wright has told me. Because at the present, Randy and Michelle are serving there 
and believing this is going to be their responsibility. And I got to tell them. So I call for a meeting. Let's go sit down. We need to visit about some things, new developments. When we sat down, first I said, tell me about your visit to SeaTac. They had just, it was fresh. They had just done it. Bishop, it was the strangest thing. They didn't say this, but it's like the minute we came into the building, the spirit of God was telling us he was going to ask us to come and be the pastor there. Tell me more. The two of them said God dealt with both of them separately and they hadn't discussed it until Michelle was on the phone with her mother telling her about it. That's when Randy came into the room and said, what? That's what the spirit of God was revealing to me. Now. This is getting interesting. So then I said. Okay, so now I want to share some things with you. And I shared the thing with Miko and Tara. All right. I'm using their first names tonight because they're all na- all their names run together here. These last names. and Okay. So, Randy says, from the moment he took the mic, I said to my wife, this is the guy. In other words, it bore witness in their spirit that Miko and Tara were the ones that were supposed to be there. Well... So now we're entering this process. So I believe I felt like God gave me a word of knowledge to share with them. And now all you can do is wait. You can't become political. You can't make your way in. You can't do anything. If this is God, which I think it is. He's going to make a way. He will open the door. He will establish you. And then you'll look back on this and and you will have surety that this is the hand of God. No matter what men do. I'm going to tell you something. Men can get in the way. All right. But you really have to have your confidence that God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And that God will work through those things. Oftentimes. It appears that men get in the way and it becomes a timing thing. Okay. So I will tell you, there is a temptation to say, well, we know what God wants, but men are getting in the way. There's a temptation to say that. Now, if you really think that God can be stopped by stubborn men wanting their way. No, 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 no. He knows how to handle that. He knows how to handle that. Okay, so little time passes, and, and uh, Randy says to me, uh, haven't heard anything. That's all right. It's okay. That's, we're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to wait on the Lord together. Well, a few weeks goes by, months go by, you know, and have you heard anything? Not a word. I said, you know. They said they were lonely. Why don't you call them and take them to lunch and just visit and see what surfaces. Don't say anything. You cannot. Okay. So they did. They went to lunch and they came home and said, 
Okay, it's all right. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of walking with God is learning to wait on him. Finally, I said, okay, I'll call him. I'll take him to lunch. We served on the youth board for eight years together. We're good friends. I'm going to go to lunch, and I'll see if anything surfaces. But I'm, I'm not going to insert anything. Went to lunch, had a great time, a couple of hours, nothing. Okay. Well, you know what happens at that point? You start going back to the initial situation, and you think, okay, wait a minute. Am I reading more into this than there really was? Nope, don't think so. Been through this enough now that I know what that was. Well, it's only a few months more goes by. There's some other details that was in there, but there was a visit by another preacher, Randy Blizzard from um, Las Vegas. And there was conversations between he and Brother Mike Loxamana. Anyway, they were supportive all of what we were feeling from the Lord. But then I get an email from the district superintendent saying that Brother Seagraves had a massive heart attack, passed away. The Lord took him home. Oh, sorry. He was the pastor of SeaTac. Yeah, you wouldn't know that. Sorry. Well, that's interesting. And so... Brother Randy was asked to come and speak at the funeral, and we went to the funeral, and it was very large, a lot of people. And then um, it seemed like they kept kind of reaching out to Randy just a little bit, but it was all turned over to a group to handle, to take care of. And so there were involvements there, and there was they were reaching out to individuals, and and so... <laughs> If you were in Randy and Michelle's position, you would think, well, you know, let's just move on. Let's just, too much time is bad. Let's just move on. And it appears as though, you know, they're, they're handling it and they've got their own ideas and this is all happening. Until a few weeks ago, I got a text from the district superintendent saying, we'd like to interview Randy and Michelle Castellanos to be the pastor at SeaTac. Is that okay with you? Yes. The other night they were voted in as the pastors of SeaTac. Now, let me go back to the original question. So why me? Why my just that little part in the hallway, leaving the building? Why did I get something from God concerning their future? Answers? Covering of authority, oversight. There must have been something significant enough. Well, I'm going to tell you this. A week before that transpired, you ever been, you ever, 
been in a situation where you were practically overcome with, you, you got to do something. You got to do something. You've been waiting and you just can't wait any longer and you got to do something. You ever been there? And only to find out it was like a day or two later, you were turning the corner. The page was turning. Chapter's over. New chapter. Well, that happened to Randy and Michelle. They were ready to bail. They had the map open. They were looking to go somewhere. And I'm thinking, what? Because, but that's a symptom that I've seen before. It was two days after that they got the call to come and interview. And then went through their process the way that it was. So, you know, looking back, you realize, okay, so there were the Lord involved other people. He could have just said to Randy and Michelle, this is my direction for you. But he also knows them. And for his reasons, he would involve other people that would help them stay the course that was his course for them for the future. Let's pray. We trust you, Father. We believe you. Let's lift up Randy and Michelle Castellanos here tonight. Would you do that? Father, your hand be upon them. The quickening of your spirit be manifest through them, Lord Jesus. I pray the word of wisdom prevail in their lives. Giftings, oh God, through the communion that they have with you. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done, Father. Let your will be done, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're thankful to you, Lord. We wait upon you yet for ourselves, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's examples in the scripture, of course, of this. Jesus at the woman at the well. He knew, you know, her scenario. She didn't just have one husband. She had five husbands and, or, you know, the one that she had and was living with was not even her husband. But, uh, and then Ananias, I uh, found it interesting when the Lord told him to go to a certain place in town that there would be a man there and that he was praying and waiting for a man by the name of your name, Ananias, to come in and lay hands on him that he might receive his sight. That is a word of knowledge. The Spirit revealed to Ananias to do something, to go somewhere. You, I know Elder Hart has shared probably many stories with you he shared a lot of them with me through the years of times when the spirit of god would reveal something to him go somewhere do something and put him in the company of individuals that he would not have been with uh this these things these things should be operative in the body of christ 
ongoing. Now, I say should. I believe they are. And I also believe that there's sometimes we don't know what it is. We're just not aware. You know, we think it's women's intuition or something. Okay. <laughs> now, maybe there is a little bit of women's intuition. But we're not teaching that tonight. Praise God. The Lord wants to be involved in our everyday lives. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, somebody loses a job or they've got to make a decision about a job. And, and I've watched spirit-filled believers kick into this other mode. You know, they're reviewing the market. They're, 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 all of their research is, you know, they're, it's a lot of humanism. It's a lot of humanity, all right? When, at what point do you think God lost track of you? You know what I'm saying? You, you've been walking with him, and he's been leading in your life, and he leads you in prayer, and you're communing with him every day. At what point did he lose track of you? And you're trying to reconnect. God, where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you go? I know that the circumstances of life put pressure on us. But owe to the man or woman that would wait for surety, for certainty, and push out all the suggestions of our loved ones, family, friends, neighbors. Because God wants to lead us. Amen. I wanted to share those two particular situations tonight because of the what, what appears to be a be beginning and a fulfillment, all right? And these are situations that you know about, people that you're aware of. This word should come alive to us. These, these principles and these truths should be operative in every believer to some extent. Amen. Elder Hart, I want you to come. Praise God when we stand together. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the living God and his living word? I um Why don't we pray together right now? In the name of Jesus. Come on, thank him for his words in your life. Thank him for the leading of your life. Jesus, I thank you. I trust you. I worship you tonight. We thank you for your gift working in the body of Christ. We thank you for the ministry of your spirit. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We trust in you. We trust in your leading and your working. We thank you, Lord, for these living examples that testify to us of your working, that speak to us, Father, that we have a place in the body, that you know where we are, Father. We trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you. Hallelujah. We trust in you, Father. We trust in you, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we trust in you. We stand on your word, Father. We stand on your word. Amen. I believe the Lord has things held in reserve. He has things held in reserve. I've, I've had this happen to me several times through the years. I don't. The Lord deals with us different ways, um, and I, Bishop said it tonight, I can relate in my own way of, Lord, why me, or why do you do this this way with me? The Lord uses us or works through us in different ways. Um, I um, There's times where um, people many of you in this room because of the relationship we have that God has given us. There are things where I'm watching you do things and make choices. And it's like the Lord has already let me know this is what I'm going to do. If. If. I'm holding this in reserve. I don't know why he deals with me that way. And there's things I see for some of you waiting in the wings that God has prepared for you. But some of you are at this place right now that Bishop referenced with Brother and Sister Castellanos of, well, I've heard words from the Lord, but I haven't seen it. And so you're at that teetering point of, man, it would be easier just to eject because I'm not seeing it. But we've heard from the Lord to wait. Wait doesn't mean do nothing sometimes. Wait oftentimes means keep doing what I know to do that the Lord has directed me to do and then wait for him to do what he's going to do. There are things sitting right. I mean, they are right there. Would you pray with me again? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, he owns it all. He owns it all. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I will trust you and I will not lean on my own understanding. I will trust you. I will not lean on human reasoning. I will trust you. I will not go the way that I can produce. You will make the way. You will order my steps. You will direct my path. In all my ways, I will acknowledge you, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I trust you and I thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Walk in faith. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.